0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. A wound left untended so long it became infested with maggots. A catheter that was not changed for months, leading to a raging infection. Bed sores so deep that the bone was exposed. Those are some of the allegations about what long-term care patients suffered in nursing homes operated by Extendicare and Leisure World, which has now been rebranded as Sienna Senior Living. They're laid out in a lawsuit... In lawsuits, excuse me, filed against the two nursing home giants. The families of these residents who are now deceased are coming forward in what could be a landmark case if a judge certifies these actions as class action lawsuits. The statements of claim say the facilities were negligent, breached fiduciary duties, breached terms of contract, and failed to provide proper care. Here is some of what the families have to say
2: she died and she was neglected like we went in we were in me both our sisters and we have another sister and a brother my brother was there as much as he could and he's seen it too like the neglect bringing in cold food making her
3: wait an hour when i went in there to see him he, that he got skinny pretty quick he didn't look right and like especially when we seen the sores I was disgusting, and like the, what's happened, and then the feeding tubes keep getting clogged, keep
0: getting sent to the hospital because yeah. it's clogged, and then there was a hole in the feeding tube one time. All stuff like that was, was just something wasn't right.
1: Well, that was Cynthia Devereaux, daughter of Shirley Murphy, followed by Jeffrey Novo talking about his father, Jose Novo. While well, these allegations have not been proven, we did receive a response from Extendicare, and it says, I quote, We do not believe this lawsuit has merit and intend to demonstrate this through the court process. Extendicare has very comprehensive programs which ensure that residents of its homes are appropriately cared for. Well, we want to hear from you. I'm sure a lot of you have loved ones in long-term care. I'm sure you have Concerns we have heard from people before. Um, what is your reaction to this? Yet another story of this. The numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740 4740. And with us now, we have uh, two people who are all too familiar with this type of story. Tammy Carbino, you'll recall her father, James Acker, was a victim of patient on patient abuse in his long term care. Since then, since that horrible case, she has become an advocate. And Laura Tamblin, Watts, CARP's National Director of. Law, Policy, and Research, who has been on this file for two decades. Ladies, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So uh, let's start with Tammy. What's your reaction to this? It's just
4: devastating. Um, You know, I... I I get emailed often. I would say at least once a month, someone reaches out to me via email or through Facebook sharing a story with pictures and it's devastating and it's happening more than any of us could ever realize.
1: Laura?
3: You know, I I think what's important is we, we think about it in terms of kind of what the system says it does. And then what is the system actually able to do? So our laws and regulations around long-term care are very good. What we know is there's problems with staffing, there's not enough people taking care, and some of the standards are not being met. So we really have to kind of look at it from not just fixing the system on high, but on the ground, what do we need to do to make this better?
1: Okay, and Tammy, um, do you think that a lawsuit is the right way to go? You know, I do.
4: It's something that my family is pursuing as well, and unfortunately, I don't think that the legislation is strong enough to protect residents in long-term care. We've seen that. We've seen that in my case. We're seeing that again, Um, and thousands of other cases. I think that, you know, this is what we're going to have to do is really hit them where it hurts and, you know, hit them in the bottom line to hopefully hopefully that the long-term care homes will start to make the changes that need to happen.
3: Go ahead, Laura. So I I think when we're thinking about individual cases, it's great when people are able to take those matters forward. It's very, very hard in the Canadian system to bring forward individual cases. And what I think is important about this particular pursuit is they're looking at it from a class action point of view. And that is a very different kind of strategic impact litigation. Just picking up on what Tammy says, a class action lawsuit can come in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And exactly as Tammy says, that can really hit them where that hurt. That can make substantive change. Individual little lawsuits. It can be very difficult for people. Older people die the way that our system works. There's not a lot of money at play. So it's it's good to see that they're being very strategic in approaching it in this way.
1: Uh, and Laura, is, is this? Uh The first, uh, assuming it gets certified, will it be the first class action lawsuit of its type or not?
3: No, there's actually been one in Alberta about a decade ago, and it went for a long period of time. And so this is really kind of the second one, and it builds on some other class action lawsuits, which are also filed by the same lawyer in about, I believe, 2016. So there is this kind of bundling effect. But what I can also offer is that there's long been conversations in the legal field about using class action to make positive social change in this area. So it's been bubbling up. But when you're doing a class action lawsuit, it's really very hard on lawyers. You need to have firms who are able to carry the weight of it. As we remember in terms of like the hep C cases and so on, some of these cases take decades and they can take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people involved in moving the matters forward. So it's a large enterprise to move a class action forward. But as we know, it can have a huge impact,
1: and and uh, you know the lawyers don't get paid in the interim
3: it can actually bring lawyers down. And so very often, individual lawyers who are moving these cases will partner with a specialist class action lawsuit firm. And that's often the way that these cases go through. So there's individual firms that specialize in doing class actions. And so sometimes these types of partnerships move forward, but it's a huge risk. And I've uh, I've seen lawyers go out of business trying to bring forward class action lawsuits, which I'm not saying is a good idea. But all this to say, the courage that People are showing, like Tammy and like others who are raising these issues, really needs to be respected. And our court system can be very difficult to move these important issues forward on. So it's good to see that there's a pushing in this direction.
1: Uh, Tammy, would you consider joining a class action? Absolutely.
4: It's something that we, you know, were hopeful in the beginning. Unfortunately, there weren't enough families that wanted to join us um, going against the, the, the home where my father was, um, so that wasn't an option for us. And the other problem is, Libby, a lot of times things are happening to family members in these long-term care homes. And, you know, in my father's case, he was attacked and passed away 12 weeks later. But often things are happening, devastating things, and they have nowhere else to send their family member. So they have to stay within that same home. So can't necessarily speak out.
1: Yeah, there's uh, uh, the families today. We're talking about the fear of reali- uh, re- retaliation. A- and I want to throw that out there because I have heard from listeners in the past if you have someone or had someone in long term care, were you afraid to speak out because you were afraid that? there would be re- retaliation, or was there another reason, or did you feel that the squeaky wheel gets the grease? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And, Laura, all of this is happening in the midst of two very big things here in Ontario. So we have this huge public inquiry into long-term care, that has uh, is going to be taking its time, let's just say that. And we're in an election campaign, and we've started to see promises from the parties about fixing the long-term care system. And uh, frankly, I'm not even sure if these promises are, are even remotely realistic. I think I checked with you. So we have the progressive conservatives saying 15,000 new long-term care beds in five years, you know, how are we going to make? that happen, Uh, we have the NDP going for the minimum four hours of care uh, per resident. Is that realistic too? Do we have enough uh, personal support workers for that, Laura?
3: And these are great questions. And and the Liberals actually announced 5,000 immediately And I was curious as to how they were going to go forward with that. But they actually just granted those licenses. So to the degree that there's license granting, that actually did happen just this past couple of days. What's important is thinking about not just, as you say, the availability of the beds and the structures, Who do we have in terms of nursing and personal support workers? So we have a shortage in that area. We're starting to see some of the election campaigns also talk about training more personal support workers and making it a more attractive field to go into. I think that's a good idea. We need more people in that space. But what's absolutely certain is the long-term care system is broken. There is not enough availability. And people are afraid to isolate themselves or put themselves into conflict in terms of the only long-term care system that they may be able to get into. So it's a very dependent and worrying situation around availability. Ontario right now, the average wait time can be up to two years. And uh, Tammy,
1: I mean, I recall the situation with your father after he suffered this horrible incident, uh, mm-hmm. was that he was stuck in the hospital, and he didn't necessarily have to be there because he had no place to go unless it was back to that same nursing home with the same person who, who you know, assaulted him, correct?
4: That's that that's absolutely correct and you know we obviously refused for him to go back to the home and he waited in limbo for 10 weeks until he the bleeding in his brain came back and he eventually passed away and it was a horrible horrible situation and horrible final 10 weeks because someone living with dementia does not belong in a hospital he was literally confined to a bed
1: it was awful Okay, um, let's uh, take some calls. We've got Murray in Aurelia. Hello, Murray.
5: Uh, hello, Libby. And uh, first of all, I'm I'm very disappointed and uh, uh, to hear about uh, what some of these people um, are, are going through and have gone through. As I, we all I, are. I have to share with you, Libby, some positive uh, news. My wife, uh, if you can call it news, my wife, uh, is with dementia, and she's in a nursing home in Collingwood. And I have to tell you, uh, Libby, I don't know where to, to really uh, start and finish. These people there are unbelievable. There's 24 residents on this one floor of many floors. And you talk about going the extra mile. I've never known uh, such interest in care. Now, when I say that, I've never known. I mean, it's the only nursing home that... My wife, Diane, has been in. Um, but, you know, I drive home. It takes me about an hour and 15 minutes uh, when I leave Collingwood. And it's very, very comforting knowing uh, the kind of support that not only my wife gets, but the, res- uh, the rest of the residents. So I just had to share that. Uh, I, you know, it's not a perfect world. I guess there's other homes out there that um, people are struggling with. Uh, but I had to get this across because this place is exceptional, and I'm sure there's more like it.
1: Um, And you know what, Murray, thank you for sharing that, and there are uh, more like it. Murray, thanks for your call. I guess the problem is that it can be like a lottery or some of the really good places are extremely expensive. I have to say that my mother-in-law passed away from dementia. She had been receiving terrific care in Peterborough. My neighbor just passed away a couple of weeks ago from dementia, and he was in a long-term care here where they had excellent care. But the thing is that it's, it's just not standard across the board. And it's like a lottery. How do you know?
3: It's so important to say that those good news stories are there. And thank you for sharing that with me. That uh, gives a lift, I think, to everyone to know that those possibilities are there. That piece of standardization is really important. What we know is we need more people providing care. We need to make sure that the facilities are up to the levels that the legislation say that they're supposed to be at. And we need to be more clear about how we're going to handle what I'll call mixed populations. People who may need behavioral supports, who may be lashing out because of dementia, they need to be treated in a way that's supportive and helpful and redirecting. And what we know is if we don't have the time and equipment and environment to adequately support folks, you know, the situations get worse and worse. So looking at this from a compassionate and supportive way is really important, but also holding the feet to the fire for the cases where terrible neglect can happen. And we've heard Tammy's particular story, and that's not the only story I've heard. Part of what's also important here is to know that these particular companies are also not just within Canada or even Ontario, but they're they're international companies. And they own many, many, many long-term care companies. Um, individual beds and and organizations in the United States as well. There's been a number of lawsuits in the US, so this is kind of percolating up from the US into Canada, and we're starting to see some changes in the US, um, but it's that different private pay system which has been problematic. So, Extended Care and Leisure Care, as they were then called, they've had some learnings with these systems before, and I, they can't be too surprised to see that they're coming here now.
1: Okay, let's uh, get back to the phones. We've got BB in Toronto. Hello, BB
6: be um uh, i'm not gonna take much time this is a personal story and i don't know if i should say it on uh, the air or you want to put me back to the next number mm. the zoomers number no. and go ahead go ahead oh okay so i am 72 years old and it's like uh, four years and seven months now i'm being bullied to the extent and um I'm not getting any help anywhere like there's nowhere else left to call in Toronto Are are you
1: in a long term care home?
6: Uh, no, I am in a government uh, housing connection. I moved here like seven months now, and before I used to live in other ap- regular apartments. And
1: the thing is, that this this person Be, stopped Be, me. Bibi, I'm really sorry to hear your story, um, but um, call back and uh, talk to our producer because we're just on a completely different topic today. I can see you're very distraught. And um, Can you
6: please put me back to the... Uh, uh, I cannot,
1: You'll have to call back. Um, Bibi, thanks a lot.
6: You're welcome. Bye.
1: Okay. uh, We've got Alma. Yes. Hi, Alma. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. It's a long, long time. Okay. Go ahead. You're on the air.
2: The reason, you know, they are not getting workers in their nursing home. I have worked in so many nursing homes here in Kitchener, Waterloo. Uh-huh. The reason is they are hiring everybody part-time, no full-time whatsoever. Who is going to work part-time such a hard job? And then you don't have any benefit pension plan with that issue. So that's why they are not getting any worker. And they are abusing the worker who are working there just four hours, two hours, one hour like that.
1: I uh, I hear you. I hear you and you know, I uh, I think in all of our healthcare system, uh there's a huge issue with administration as opposed to boots on the ground frontline workers and it is a hard job. I I know watching my mother-in-law being cared for is like I was Wow, impressed. Some of them are
2: so heavy. You have to lift them from the wheelchair and take them in the bathroom, everything. That's fine. It's a nice job. It's helping the people. But at the same time, think of others. Why do you hire them two hours and one hour just because of your needs? Do you want to make more profit and give less to the people? That's not right.
1: Well, uh, we hear you, uh, Alma, and thanks very much for calling. Thanks talking to you. Nice. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Yep, that's uh, definitely something that we have to fix. Um, We have a little bit of time left on this, and I'm going to bring in Amani Oakley, who is the lawyer for the plaintiffs. Hi, uh, Amani. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, So um, how long do you expect it will take before you find out if these uh, will be certified as class action suits?
2: Well, actually, we will be determining whether to proceed with a class action or to um, morph these into uh, what are called mass torts.
1: Okay. Uh, for for lay people, please explain that and what the difference will be.
2: Well, it just means, so for the class action, there are certain um, um, uh, commonalities that are needed in the cases. And the problem has always been with nursing home cases is that uh, everyone has different, different injuries, different, um, you know, things that they've suffered in different homes at different places. So uh, the commonality often will, you know, if there's not enough commonality, you may not be uh, uh, suggested to go the class action route. A mass tort simply means that, for example, the Rivera nursing home cases that I've already started uh, two years ago, uh, well, less than two years, about a year and a half, we've gotten 90, 90 uh, uh, cases so far. So those 90, if they're not certified as a class, we'll simply move them as a group of 90 cases together. There'll be one judge assigned. So the the beauty of that is that the issues get out there, and it's not one family going up against a giant nursing home. It's 90 families saying, Uh, the shared experience of 90 families and what happened to 90 people.
1: Now, you're asking for uh, a huge amount of money. Uh, How much exactly
2: and and, uh, why? Well, I can't actually tell you how much. It is a huge amount. It's in the millions for sure. And the reason is because, first of all, we anticipate uh, that we will have a lot of people joining the class action. So first is going to reflect the number of people who join. But secondly, as well, we are seriously going after things like punitive damages we want the courts to understand and recognize that, unfortunately, in, in the Canadian healthcare, in the Canadian legal system, uh, the system is not designed to help people who are elderly and who have suffered this kind of abuse because, unfortunately, today the courts assign things like loss of income, loss of dependency, uh, loss of competitive advantage, none of which is of assistance to someone in a nursing home. So we need the punitive part to come in. We need breach of fiduciary duty, things like that, to, uh, to, to make it clear to these, uh, these um, uh, operators that they cannot deal with, with the seniors as they've been doing with impunity.
1: And what would you like to see come out of this uh, beyond winning the cases for your clients?
2: Well, what I would like to see is a, a great deal of consternation on the part of nursing home corporations saying to themselves, If we don't treat people properly, someone is going to come after us in a class action format, and it's going to cost us a lot of money and time and effort and legal fees. And so instead of having to go down that road, why don't we put and invest more money in looking after people and making sure that their experience is much better than we're hearing about?
1: Okay. Amani Oakley, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Okay, uh, we are uh, just about out of time on this, uh, Tammy, what would you like to leave us with?
4: Um, I'm working with a nonprofit organization called Senior Guardian Angels Program and anyone out there that's listening, if you have a similar story, if your family member has been in long-term care and neglected or abused, please get in touch with us. We want to support you and help advocate on your behalf. And thank you so much,
1: Libby. And thank you so much, Tammy, for all the great work you're doing and turning a terrible experience into something positive. Thank Uh, you. Thanks. And Laura, what would you like to leave us with? You
3: know, long term care needs to be fixed across the board. There's great experiences, but we need to look at it across the levels from staffing, from how we treat staff, from our amount of staff, and the quality of life for older people. So initiatives like this on strategic impact litigation will really raise a light, but when it comes down to it, it's government that needs to invest.
1: Okay, and uh, we're heading into an election. Do you have any faith in the things you've been hearing so far?
3: What I like is that Every single party has prioritized long-term care. So it's on the record. They're making statements about what they're going to do. It hasn't dropped off of anyone's portfolio. So let's see what they do after June 7th.
1: Okay. Thanks to Tammy Carbino and Laura Tamblin watts And uh, unfortunately, this is a subject that we are going to keep coming back to. Uh, Right now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have some important information for your health with our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. If we couldn't get to your call today, remember, free-for-all Friday, coming up tomorrow, we'll be right back.